Praise God. Well, we're winding down on vacation season. But we're here to worship the King of Glory today. I want to pass this uh, sign up around. Uh, many of you have not signed up as yet. Next Sunday, next Sunday, after our morning worship service, go home and change clothes and get your stuff. At 2 o'clock, we're going to have the church picnic out at Marcia Williams Estate. And uh, then following that, water baptism. And then just a, an afternoon of fun together as well. 
So uh, I'm going to pass this around so we know how many hot dog buns to get. We're going to have hot dogs for everybody. And uh, you're bring all oh, lists on there what you're supposed to bring. But we need to know how many buns to get and how many condiments to have. So uh, sign up and plan on being there for a great time of fellowship and water baptism next Sunday. Okay. Somebody help Andy with the spelling of his last name. He's a little sketchy. Praise God. Today we're excited because we're, we're going to be praying over our, our youth and children that are going back to school. Some have already started. And we want to pray over them we're going to sing some praise and worship songs, and then we're going to pray over our kids. And I'm going to invite you today to join us up around the front when we pray for them. We want to let them know they are supported in prayer as they go back to school. We have a lot of our kids are other places today, but uh, we're going to pray in proxy for them as well. So let's stand together and have a word of prayer, and then enter into praise and worship today in the house of the Lord. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. We're thankful we have access to the one who bears that name, that we're saved by grace through Jesus Christ's sacrifice. We ask, Father God, today that you would meet with us. We're talking about face-to-face -face encounters that you have had with people throughout history. Father, we're looking for a one-on-one -on -one with you today as we gather in this place, that you would meet each one of us in a special way, that we would leave this place closer to you than when we came. We ask, Father, for your intervention in our lives. There are those here that need healing. There are those that are watching on live stream that need a healing touch. There are those that need your provision, your wisdom, your direction, your guidance, your strength. And Father God, we're thankful that you're a one-on-one -on -one God and you'll meet with your people. Receive our praise today. Help us to enter in and give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
God. <laughs> Praise God. You may be seated for just a moment. Praise God. We are excited about the fact that God has blessed Trinity with a lot of kids, uh, children and youth, and sometimes they can only come every other Sunday due to other commitments and other responsibilities. But we want to pray for our kids going back to school. How many of you realize, doesn't matter if they're in a Christian school or a public school or their home school, they need prayer at school. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, we, you know, we were concerned. We at one time considered homeschooling, uh, but uh, my kids complained they didn't like the teacher. So uh, I, 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 I uh, decided not to, you know, rather than have an insurrection. But what we'd like to do today is we want to have the children come up and come across the front, but also if you are a parent or a grandparent and your children or grandchildren are going to school, uh, we'd like for you to come and stand in their place, in for them, okay? So I'd like parents, grandparents, if you have kids that are still in school, would you come up and join us? Yeah, yeah, all, all across there, so there's room. Parents, grandparents, it's complicated, I understand, you know, it's, it's really complicated. Parents, grandparents, let's come up and pray for them. Because how many parents realize you need prayer because your kids are in school too, amen? How many? Wow. So now I'd like for the rest of us to gather around, come up around the front and begin to pray. I'm going to have uh, our children's pastor, uh, JR, to come up and lead us in prayer. Bring your mic, brother. And uh, going to come and pray over the kids. Would you join us and come down front and just as if you're laying hands stretch your hands out and pray for them everyone needs help amen, amen. Right. the enemy wants to use this time of year going back to school as a prime time to attack our children and young people he wants to fill them with all kinds of bad stuff and we want to pray God's hedge of protection around about them. We want to pray for God to use them there, for God to protect them, encourage them. And so we want to take affirmative action on this whole thing of school and inviting God to go with them day by day and to be with the parents. How many parents and grandparents, you need some godly wisdom, amen? Need some godly wisdom. How many of you need a fresh dose of faith? <laughs> going into this? Amen. Praise God. How many of you need some provision because the school expenses and everything? How many could use a touch financially too? So let's, let's gather in. Extend your hands as if you're laying hands upon each here who's either a student or a parent or a 
guardian or a grandparent of a student. And let's, let's begin to pray. And then in just a few moments, JR is going to lead us in prayer over the young people here. Let's just out loud begin to call upon the name of the Lord in behalf. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. Heavenly Father, we just lift up every student, every parent, every grandparent here that is up front today, God. We ask that as they take on this upcoming school year, as they take on whatever challenges that comes with, that they remember who you are and, and what you do for them, God. And they remember to keep you first and foremost. And they remember to keep you in front, God. We ask that. All the trials and tribulations that are about to come throughout this school year, all the temptations, all the the naysayers, all the the things that they're they're told that they really shouldn't be, God, that you help them keep focused on you and your word. And God, I also pray that you help encourage them and not just them, but our whole church family, God, that we, we continually pour into them week in and week out, God, and that you give them the comfort and the peace to know that they can come to each and every one of us in this room, God, and that we're going to be there to have their backs through thick and thin, God, that there's no, nothing that can go on that would ever make us ashamed or disappointed, God, that we know how difficult it is to be a young person in this, in this world, God, and that they're going to go through a lot of things this year, and we just pray that you keep their focus on you, God. We pray that you watch over and you protect them throughout this school year. And we also pray that you just give them the mindset to continue to thrive for you, God, to shine for you in their school systems and in their communities and to their friends, and that they won't put you on the back burner, that they will live for you, they will shine yes, for you, Lord. and they will share your name throughout their schools and throughout their friends. We ask that you protect them and watch over them throughout this season. In your holy name, amen. Amen. Before you go, before you go, kids and young people, I have here one of my cards. It has my personal cell phone number on it. You ever get into a situation at school where you need my help or my prayer, I'm here for you. And I want you to take it, take one. And if you parents are here and your kids are not, you take one for them. And I remember when my 
my son was in school, I got lots of calls. <laughs> and I'm willing to go and meet with teachers, with principals, with situations, with coaches, with whatever. And I want to be there for you. Uh, yeah, you know the number, okay. She's got me on speed dial. <laughs> okay, so thank you. Round of applause for all of our kids. Young people. Well then, have, you have two now. And before JR makes his announcements today, I want to say a big uh, shout out to all the people who helped us with our outreach Friday and Saturday. Folks, it was unbelievable. Unbelievably good, unbelievably tiring. We had a shortage of, of helpers. And we had a shortage of boxes. And we had a shortage of strength, but we made it through. Amen. Uh, we, I want to have you give some shout-outs to a round of applause to our, our, those, our team who registered people. They had some challenges. Round of applause for those who work in registration. For our prayer team that went and prayed, and we had one person that asked Jesus into their heart, prayed the sinner's prayer yesterday. I like to pray for, uh, for Jeff and his team that was loading every single thing into the cars. For the inside team who was uh, uh, working at trying to locate boxes and and they were making boxes out of paper bags and all kinds of stuff. Trying, It was just unbelievable. Round of applause for our inside team. For our, our guidance person, as Marsha was getting the people in the line and getting them through, we had, I don't know how many, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of blue and yellow bags. I'm still having nightmares about them that were left over from the Seek and Save outreach. We got rid of them all. And people were blessed. There was some good stuff in there. But I don't want to ever see another blue or yellow bag in my life. All those who came and helped us bag and box up things on on the Friday. Round of applause for that team as well. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. You say, well, I, I, uh, I don't know how much help I can be. Well, you can come and at least pray for us. Uh, that We have some sit-down jobs of bagging things. We have, uh, we have one job that you can do, opening bags. Because th sometimes they're hard to get open. Bag openers. You can do this. You can do this. We need, we need help. Uh, it's a ministry we don't want to stop doing. But we've got to have more help. We just got to have more help. 
And uh, I know a lot of people were doing other things, traveling, whatever. But pray about it. And then don't just pray about it. Do something about it. We need your help uh, on, fr on the third Friday and third Saturday of every month where we're ministering. We also want to uh, have a shout out. We have a first today. This afternoon at the nursing home, Josh is going to be speaking at the nursing home. Praise God. And so we'd encourage you, if you'd like to help out in ministry at uh, the nursing home, you can see Josh, you can see uh, Marcia and Tom, but we'd like to have some other people go and bless the, the folks that are there. So now I've taken up all this time. One more announcement before I sit down and let you make the announcements. There he is. There's food in the barn left over. We have a little bit. We didn't have enough to make any more boxes. But we have some tomatoes. We have some corn. I think there was a few cantaloupe. And then we have gallons of milk in the fridge and freezer for you to take. But we need them to be gone today. They will not fare well. You know how hot it's supposed to be this afternoon and the rest of this week? We'll have fried tomatoes in there. We, we need you to help be a blessing. Take some milk and some produce right after the altar service today. I'm sorry I took up all your time, JR. Well, good morning. <laughs> I'm trying to find on here what hasn't been already mentioned. <laughs> so. Well, there's much. There's much. Uh, if we have any, if we have any guests with us today, we'd like to welcome you to, here to Trinity and Grandpa, I think, or Indy, one of you two. Okay, Grandpa, it will be having an information card. So if you're a guest with us today, just slip up your hand. That way you can fill out the information card and put it in one of the, um, uh, thank you, offering plates, either in the back or up here, so we can just keep in contact with you and. Yeah, Janet. Welcome back, Janet. Welcome home. Can we also get a round of applause for all of our guests today? Mike and Christy. 50 years, that's a long time. Golden, golden years. Now you notice Mike isn't sitting with her, so where is Mike? Do tell us. That's, yeah, that's how they make it work. <laughs> They're never together. Um, but we want to invite you out to their 50-year anniversary party, September 2nd from 1 to 4 information on that is in your bulletin. We also want to invite you to join us here on Wednesdays. We have a 10 a.m. morning Bible study with the pastor, as well as we have evening activities for all ages. Uh, we have adult Bible study, nursery, girls ministries, and youth rangers. So it would be great to have you guys come out and spend your Wednesdays with us. Also, this is very exciting. We are starting up men's breakfast again in September. So September 9th will be Terry Stewart will be speaking for us, and I am so excited to have Men's Breakfast back. It's, it's a hole that has been in my life last, over the summer. Um, 
once again, we want to just thank you for all that came out for the food distribution yesterday and to help with that. Um, I know Pastor, he can't do it all himself, even though he thinks he might be able to, but um, we appreciate you coming out for that. Um, a reminder that if you signed up for the Clippers game, that is September 19th. It is a Tuesday for Diamond Dog Night, and we have another Trinity flag football game planned for Sunday, October 29th. So if you are an athlete or think you're an athlete, make sure we'll have a sign up out in the lobby here soon for that. And um, if you are married, make sure you ask your spouse before you sign up, especially Phil. I know that's been... <laughs> Andy, I heard you're not allowed to play. <laughs> You're on the forever IR. Um, if you want to stand with me, we re-enter a time of worship. To oh, I forgot something. Annette even told me this morning that I cannot forget the Buddy Barrels. We have Buddy Barrels out in the lobby, and today is the last day to donate for those and pick a winner. So make sure that before you leave today, you stop out in the lobby and look at the Buddy Barrels that the kids had made. All right, now let's stand up.
touch down in the homes where people are watching on the live stream, or as they're traveling in a car, touch down in that car as well. We're praying, Father, for a move of your Holy Spirit unparalleled in our lives today. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated for just a moment. Thank you, worship team. I'm usually pretty dense. I'm getting a word from above. They're thinking that this needs to be close. Oops. I'm just bad at this. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it? Okay. It's fine. Whew. Sometimes, as I mentioned, I'm a little dense about where to put my microphone, things like that. But I have a hunch that the enemy does not want this message to be preached today. Um, having all kinds of interesting things go on. And uh, so I thank those that assisted me with some influx of sugar so I can <laughs> not collapse on the platform. But... Uh, we're looking in these series of messages we just started last week, looking at face-to-face -face encounters with the Almighty. We're going to be continuing that today. You can get yourself ready. Don't stand yet. Get yourself ready by turning to Exodus 33. The Bible is full of one-on-one -on -one encounters with God. And these are significant. These are things that God is making himself real and revealed to individuals throughout the pages of this book. And the pages of this book do not tell the whole story. He's been doing this throughout the ages, around the globe making himself real to people. Times when God specifically meets one-on-one -on -one with people and the results of those meetings is what we're going to explore. Last week we began our study and to look at the significance of these one-on-one face-to-face encounters with God. One thing that I did not mention last week is the fact that these are not uh, found in a lot of other world religions. They'll have one holy person or one group of people, but God is making himself real to everybody that he can. The reason that we want to study these one-on-one -on -one face to faces it's because first of all we're all going to have a face-to-face one-on-one with God in our future everyone's going to have one it is appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment that's told to us in Hebrews 9 27 every person gathered here every person watching every person on this planet is going to have at least one 
face to face with God. You better do it now. You're not going to like the results if you wait till later. Everyone will stand before God one day. Everyone will face their creator. And if you have not prepared for that meeting, you're going to regret it for eternity. Because there is a heaven and there is a hell. And those who do not know him, whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life through an act of repentance, are destined at that face-to-face, at the great white throne judgment, to hear these words, depart from me. If you've not had your name recorded in the Lamb's book of life through salvation, there's an eternity after that face-to-face, and it's in a place called hell. We were looking at hell this morning in our Sunday school class with the kids. You said, you talked to the kids about that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Shame on me, right? I want to let you know there's a heaven and there's a hell. And I told the kids today, I, I asked them, first of all, who sends somebody to heaven who sends somebody to hell and they said God or the devil I said no they just got one vote God is not willing that any should perish he votes for every one of you everyone you'll ever meet everyone who's lived on the planet his vote is for them to go to heaven because God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to die in behalf of them that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God votes heaven for you. But the devil votes hell. And you have the deciding vote. But you have to take your vote while you're alive. You remember just recently we had a summer election, a summer uh, opportunity to vote. Not thrilled about the outcomes, but we did. And they were quick to tell us that this is the last date you can do an absentee vote. Remember hearing that? After this, you can't do that. And on the, the day after the election, you couldn't cast your vote then either. Nope, couldn't do it. There's coming a day when your vote will be cast and you cannot cast another. You're going to have a face-to-face with God in your future. Why not have one now? And make the best decision. Cast your vote for heaven. How many here today, you've already cast your vote for heaven? You've asked Jesus to forgive your sin, to come into your life. If you've drifted from that decision, you can reaffirm it today. The second reason to study these one-on-one encounters is the fact that it lets us know that God is fair and God is just. I've heard this over the years. People say, well, it isn't fair, you know, if someone hasn't had a missionary come to them or tell them the gospel story. It's not fair to send them into eternity uh, in a place called hell. No, it wouldn't be fair, would it? 
But God does one-on-ones with people who haven't had an opportunity to hear. That doesn't take away the role of the missionary or the evangelist. It just means that God's fair and just. Abraham, there was nobody to tell him the story. Noah was dead and gone, and all of the inhabitants of the land had forgotten about God. And there he was in Ur, the Chaldees, surrounded by pagans. Nobody's going to tell him about the one true God, except guess who? The one true God had a face-to-face with Abram and made a covenant with him that lasts to today. This morning, we're going to be looking at another one-on-one face-to-face that God had with a Jewish kid. Well, he was raised in the palace in Egypt, but he didn't know God. You see, he was a Jew headed for hell. This fellow by the name of Moses. Have you ever thought about it? He didn't know God. He knew his heritage of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. But he didn't know God. He didn't make any sacrifices to God. He didn't uh, call upon the Lord to save him. No, he's a a Jew headed for hell in a dead-end job in the backside of the desert. Now, who's going to witness to him? The Jews back in, the Israelites back in Egypt, they didn't even know the name of God. We read that in the story. They had no clue who God was. They knew their history, but they didn't know the God of their history. We live in a land, I heard a Jeopardy clue the other night about uh, what Eisenhower put on our coinage back in the 50s. It couldn't get past today, could it? In God we trust. But just because we have it on our coins doesn't mean we have it inscribed in our hearts, folks. So here we have, here we have Moses. He's a Jew by birth, headed to hell because he's a sinner. And even his folks back in, the, in Egypt, they couldn't tell him about God because they didn't even know him. They had their history, but they had no relationship with the God of their history. So what's God going to do? Is he, no, he has plans for this fella. God has plans, and so he has a one-on-one with Moses in the backside of the Sinai Desert. And we're going to study about that today. Because there was a lot of interesting things that happened as a result of a one-on-one with a Jew headed to hell. You mean just because they're Jews, they still have to choose between heaven and hell? Oh, yes. They don't get a free pass because they were born Jewish. Jews must be saved. Praise God. So the second reason we look at these one-on-one face-to-face is let us know that God is fair and just and that he will make a way where there seemingly is no way, that if there's nobody to tell the story, he takes it upon himself to talk to a Jew headed to hell and make him an offer he shouldn't refuse. 
Third reason that we look at these face-to-face -face encounters is to remind us of this fact. God is a one-on-one -on -one kind of God. I praise God when we get together as the church and we worship together, but that doesn't save you. You have to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with Almighty God. The church can't save you. Now, there are religions that teach the church can save you. Well, they're wrong. Now, how do I know? Because Jesus said they were. I'll take his word over the church word. You see, going to church doesn't make you saved any more than going into a garage makes you a car. <clears throat> you have to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship, a personal relationship with God. You have to receive Jesus as your Savior. When the jailer cried out to those in prison when the earthquake hit, what must I do to be saved? Paul did not shout up to him, go to church. No. He didn't say, give money. No. Do good things. No. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's a one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with God. We serve a one-on-one -on -one God. God wants to meet with us on a one-on-one -on -one basis. You won't be saved as a group. You'll be saved as an individual, bowing your life before God at the cross of Jesus Christ. Rituals won't save you. I was troubled this past week. I was reading some doctrinal statements about a church that ought to know better. And they listed sacraments. Now, we don't have any sacraments here in the, in the Assembly of God Church. There's a reason for that. The Bible doesn't have any sacraments. There's no ritual you can go through that makes you right with God. They listed uh, water baptism. That doesn't make you right with God. You're supposed to be right with God and then show it by being baptized in water as an outward sign of an inward grace that has happened to you. We call it an ordinance of the church or something that was laid down. Repent and be baptized, everyone, for remission of your sins. It doesn't save you to go under the water. You can go under a dry sinner and come up a wet sinner. Until you've had a one-on-one -on -one with Jesus Christ, you're a sinner and you're bound for hell. Water baptism doesn't save you. When we have a water baptism service next Sunday afternoon, it won't save anybody. It is proclaiming that people have come and said, I've asked Jesus into my heart to be my Savior, and I'm going to show by this divine drama, I'm buried with him in baptism. I'm raised with him in new life in Christ Jesus. Doesn't save you, it just shouts, you've been saved. They had this, this church, falsely so-called, had a, another sacrament, the Lord's Supper. Now, we share in the Lord's Supper every, every month, but it doesn't save you. Taking the bread and the cup does not save you. If it could, then 
the Holy Spirit wouldn't have written 1 Corinthians 11 to us. Because it said, some of you are taking the bread and the cup and not discerning what this is about. And you're dying because of it. Well, if, if taking the bread and the cup made you saved, then that scripture's totally irrelevant. Right? But it's not. You can go and have communion. You can take the bread. You can drink the cup and be just as much as a sinner as you were before. It is a reminder of what Jesus Christ did for you that saves you. And we remember it doesn't make us saved. It reminds us of what saved us, a relationship one-on-one -on -one with Jesus Christ. Well, they had another sacrament, marriage. Oh, shoot. That doesn't save you. <laughs> Hang in there. Hang in there. Hang in there. That's one of the sacraments of the Catholic Church, that marriage and bearing children saves you. That doesn't... How many of you know you need salvation all the more, amen, <laughs> to make the marriage work? Those who've been married the longest shout the loudest on that one. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So here we have today a look at a Jew headed for hell with no hope and no one to witness to him, and God had a face-to-face, one-on-one encounter with him at a burning bush. Stand with me now and look at the scripture for today. This is not talking about what I just mentioned, the burning bush. It's another face-to-face God with Moses. Exodus 33. Exodus 33. I've given you ample time to turn there. <laughs> Beginning with verse number 8. So it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose, and every man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone in to the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose and worshiped every man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Whew. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Whew. Father, help us Look at these face-to-face -face encounters with God today. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Please keep your Bibles open. We'll eventually get back there. There he was, Moses. You know the story. 
He was a Jewish baby, put adrift in a, in a little basket, watched over by his sister, because it had been decreed that every male Hebrew child would be used as a sacrifice to the goddess Nile and thrown into the river and drowned. I want you to take note. God has stern judgments upon those who kill the unborn or the newly born. Oh, they looked like they were winning, but they didn't win for long. He was raised by Pharaoh's daughter in the palace. But his mom was there to tell him about his heritage. She was there to tell him about his being a Jew and a Hebrew and, and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, but somehow the message of God did not make it through to Moses. He tried to right the ship of, of slavery by killing a, an Egyptian, but all it did was enrage the powers that be, and he took off for his life. And he winds up in the back of the desert, Sinai Peninsula. If you've ever seen pictures of the Sinai Peninsula, there ain't nothing there. Sand and rocks. And there he is with his father-in-law's sheepfold watching over the sheep. It used to be his wife's job, but when he married into the family, it became his job. A dead-end job, a dead Jew headed for hell, a Jew headed for hell when he died on the backside of the desert at a dead-end job. But God had plans for that Jew. He had plans for that fella named Moses. And up on the hillside as he's out watching the sheep, I mean, when you're watching sheep, your mind can wander. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he looked up and he saw something burning up on the side of the hill, up near the top. And he didn't think too much about it because all that's out there in the desert is sand, rocks, and flammable trees that sometimes the sun is so hot it will start a fire on its own. And he noticed it, but it didn't go away. It burned, but it didn't burn up. And so Moses said, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave the sheep here. I don't like them anyway. I'll go up and see what's going on up there. Why that bush is burning, but it doesn't seem to burn up. And when he gets up there, he starts to step closer to see what's going on. And out of the midst of the burning bush, God speaks and said, Moses. He knew his name. Nobody else out there knew his name. He's in the middle of nowhere. But God had a one-on-one -on -one with Moses on the top of Mount Sinai. Moses, Moses. And Moses, being a smart Jew in the backside of the desert, said, who are you? I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he says, don't come any closer. Take the shoes from off your feet, 
You're standing on holy ground. It becomes holy ground when you have a one-on-one -on -one with God. Have you had a place where you met God? Maybe it was an altar of prayer. I've told you before last week about that, that altar up at, uh, up at Camp Syker where I knelt and received a call on my life. That's holy ground to me. I visit it every year. A space, a place where God did a one-on-one -on -one and changed my life. Moses didn't know who God was until this face-to-face. -face. He'd heard about Abraham, he'd heard about Isaac, he'd heard about Jacob, but God had other plans for Moses than Moses had for himself. He had a face-to-face -face with this fellow by the name of Moses at the burning bush. God revealed his identity to him, that he was God. He says, I... I, I the people back home, they don't even know what to call you. He says, I am that I am. I'm the eternally existent God. I am the God who is right now the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm Abraham's God. I'm Isaac's God. I'm Jacob's God. And I use it in the first tense because I'm still their God because they're still with me in a place called heaven. I didn't used to be Abraham's God. I am his God today. Hallelujah. God introduced himself in this face-to-face -face encounter. And he says, boy, I got plans for you. I'm going to send you back. And right back then, I don't think Moses heard the rest of the conversation. He starts to make excuses. He's had a divine revelation God wanted to get his attention, and he got it. Amen? But even though he got his attention, Moses is starting to edge away from that encounter. And he says, but, 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 uh, uh, how will they know who you are and who sent me? And he's making excuses. He's just had a supernatural face-to-face. It's not magic, folks. We still have a will. Moses had a will, and he was exercising it. He was backing away and making excuses. And the Lord says, oh, okay, you want to know who I am? What's that in your hand? Staff. Throw it down. Sure. Gravity works even up on Sinai. And you know what happened. It became a serpent. This, this one always gets me. Lord said, pick it up. No way. <laughs> that ain't happening from this boy. I don't, no, pick it up. Did he have Moses' attention? Oh, yes, he did. He had Moses' attention with a burning bush. But Moses was making excuses, so he had to bring out another way to get his attention. A serpent. Moses still balked. He says, uh, put your hand inside your jacket. Sure. Bring it out. 
It's covered with leprous spots and his skin's fallen off his hand. Put it back in. He had Moses' attention. The Lord woke me up with truth about this in the wee hours of Friday morning. God wants to get your attention and he wants to get mine. He would prefer a burning bush kind of attention. How many would you like the burning bush? Supernatural meeting with God, God, here I am. God reveals himself. Maybe you're in worship. Maybe you're praising God. God just, yeah, you got this emotional high and God is there. He reveals himself. But sometimes people back away from doing what God wants them to do, from being what God wants them to be. If you don't respond to the burning bush to get your attention, out comes the serpent and the sickness. God takes his hand off and the enemy comes in to mess with you. The Lord wants to get our attention if he can't get it with the glory he'll get it with the gory but he'll get your attention folks I've seen people that yeah God oh love the Lord love the Lord the Lord would like for you to well I don't know about that when you start backing away and making excuses God pulls his hand back and says, I got to have your attention. I have plans for you. Do you realize that? God has plans for your life. You may not be uh, some massive thing that's in the, in the floodlights or whatever, but God has a plan for your life or else you wouldn't have it. Well, I, 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 I would like to do this. Well, God wants to get our attention He'd rather do it through the glory. But if we back away, he'll pull his hands back. How many of you would rather not have the serpent style of attention ga gathering? Not this boy. I'm, I'm with Indiana Jones. Raiders of the Lost Ark. When he looks down into the cavern, anybody remember the scene? He looks down, he throws a, a, a torch down there. He says, it looks like the floor's moving. He throws a torch down. And then he comes back up and he looks at the guy with him. He says, snakes. I hate snakes. You're right, Indiana. So do I. But they got his attention, didn't they? Respond to God's burning bush experiences. He wants your attention. If he doesn't get it that way, out come the serpents. Out come the sickness. When he takes his hand off, you're basically saying, well, God, I can handle my life. I don't need your direction. I don't want to do what you want me to do. 
He began to make excuses. He had all kinds of excuses, and God knocked every one of them down with a new way of showing that face-to-face encounter. The first aspect of face-to-face encounter with God in Moses' life is God wants your attention. Sometimes our attention can wander. Any of you have a problem with that? Some of you have a problem with that right now. You're playing solitaire. You're playing another game on, on your phone. You're, you're uh, thinking about Bob Evans and other places. You're, you're plotting next week. You're, you're thinking, what, what football game's on this afternoon? You know, you're, you're just, you're distracted. I have the same thing. But you know what? He wants your attention. And if he can't get it with the glory, he'll get it another way. I, I'd like the glory myself. I'd like to say yes to God first time around. I'm not good with snake situations. I'm not good with leprosy situations. I don't want those things at all. But God wants my attention. And I get to choose how he gets it. Moses made a choice. I will turn aside and see this thing that has happened up here. I'm going to go and see what's going on there with that burning bush. And God had his attention. But as he began to drift, God had to get his attention back. I have a word for some people today. Don't draw back from the Lord. He wants your attention. He has something for you to do. And some people in your mind are thinking, well, but, 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 you're looking for some snakes, friends. Don't, don't make him get your attention other ways. How many of you realize some people, they get into those bad situations, snarky things that the, the, the devil brings on you, and that gets their attention back. And they call upon the Lord. Don't be that person. I believe God has some supernatural plans for each and every person here, each person that's watching. You draw back. He's going to get your attention another way. How many would vote I don't want him to get my attention those other ways. I want the burning bush. (laughs) I think the burning bush is way cool. But that was just one face-to-face with Moses and God. Another face-to-face happens when he returns after the people have, the plagues have hit the Egyptians and finally after every single Egyptian God has been put to the dust because the God of Israel was supreme and they let him go. They paid him 400 years of back wages as they walked out of town. Gold and silver just dripping off of them. Get out of town. 
They went out to the Red Sea. The Lord split it wide open and devoured their enemies behind. And they got out to the Sinai Peninsula. They got out to the base of the hill. And the Lord had wanted everyone to have a face-to-face -face with him. And they said, oh, no. You just send Moses up. We'll, we'll wait on his word. And Moses went up. And Moses had a desire. He wanted to get a deeper walk with God. He wanted a deeper walk with God. He had spent time on the mountain with him. He'd received the law from him. But then he said, Lord, I want to see your glory. And the Lord spoke back to him and said, Moses, physical beings cannot always handle the glory of the Lord. You say, well, I don't understand that. Well, I understand it from this perspective. How many of you, sometimes you've been in the presence of the Lord, you've been singing praise and worship like we were today. How many of you get a little weary? How many of you can leave your hands up all service long? We're physical beings. We can't handle all of his glory all the time in this physical life. Lord said, you can't really handle it. I'm going to pass by, and I'm going to cut out a place in the rock. You just kind of hang in there, and you're going to see the, as my glory passes by, you're going to catch a glimpse. That's all we get to do here below, folks, is catch a glimpse of his glory. We can't handle all of the glory of Almighty God and the radiance of heaven. We can't handle it. If we catch a glimpse... What happened to Moses will happen to us. Our countenance is changed. Moses desired a deeper walk. It was his desire, and the Lord granted it. Face-to-face -face encounters are opportunities for God to hear your cry and my cry for a deeper walk with him. You know me, I love that old song, Just a closer walk with thee. It has to be our desire. God wants to walk with us. God wants to walk with us. He walked with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day. He wants to walk with us. He says in his scripture, can two walk together except they be agreed. He wants to walk with us. And Enoch walked with God. He wants to walk with his people. How many of you want to walk with God? He... He wants to walk with us, but we must desire that deeper walk with God. And what happened to Moses was he was changed by a deeper walk with God. People couldn't handle it. Some people rejected. They oh no, no, we can't handle the glory that's on your face. That's okay. The thing is this. Do you desire a deeper walk with God. God's more than willing to walk with you. He's more than willing, but he wants you to want to walk closer to him. We think often about those two fellows walking on the, the day back to their hometown on the Emmaus Road. And while they're walking and talking about Jesus, Jesus presenced himself. Oh, I love this story. Jesus started walking with them. And they 
knew who he was eventually as he prayed. Folks, if you don't desire a deeper walk with him, why not? Why not? I can't answer that for you. I can only answer it for me. It takes some time with him to have a deeper walk. It takes some dedication and commitment to have a deeper walk with God. Realize this. Walking is not always easy. Can I get a witness? Sometimes it's uphill. Sometimes it's through rugged terrain. Remember on one occasion, we went to, the, to Israel and we took an extension over to Jordan and went to see Petra. And they offered us a op couple options when we went to Petra. It's, it's a long cavern that you walk through and go back in. And uh, so they said, well, there's these carts. You can rent a spot on one of these carts and it, but it's really rough. It's all cobblestone and broken stone and everything, and there's no rubber on the tires of these carts. And so you'll, you'll be horse-drawn through that, and it'll knock your teeth loose. So Lynn and I said, well, we don't want the cart. He says, well, you can rent a horse ride back and forth. But boy, you got to hold on. They don't have saddles on them. You just got to hold on for dear life. And we looked at each other and we said, we don't want to do that. So we walked. All the way in. Seemed like many, many miles. And it was all uneven. By the time we got in, I didn't care what Petra looked like. I just, how am I going to get out of here? I can't do that again. So we, we got the horse ride back, which was interesting anyway. It's not always an easy walk, but you're walking with Jesus and he reveals himself on those deeper walks. Moses desired a deeper walk and relationship with God in that face-to-face -face on Mount Sinai. I would submit to you today, if you do not desire a deeper walk, why? And if you do, why not ask the Lord and see what he has to say? Our scripture this morning tells another face-to-face -face or series of face-to-face -face encounters that Moses had with God. You remember the story, it says that God had a special arrangement with Moses like nobody else. The high priest did not even have this kind of arrangement. The high priest was allowed to go into the presence of the Lord, the Holy of Holies, one time a year on the Day of Atonement with a blood sacrifice, an incense. But Moses had an open invitation whenever he wanted to talk to God that God would meet him at the tabernacle and he would have a face-to-face -face with God. Isn't that exactly what it says? It, that's what my Bible says. 
So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Here's the picture. Moses says, I, I'm dealing with these, these Israelites and they are getting on my nerves. They mumble about this, they complain about that, they're ready to stone me death one day and looking for manna the next. So I need to talk to God. And all Moses had to do, the Lord says, Moses, you go to the very door of the tabernacle and you stand there. And the pillar of cloud that was a symbol of God's presence is going to leave the Holy of Holies and come out. And you're going to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Almighty God as you just step inside the flaps of the tabernacle and we'll chat like friend to friend anytime you want it. Wow. Anytime you want a face-to-face, one-on-one encounter with Almighty God. Moses, it's available. All you've got to do is show up. And the Lord says, I'll show up. I say, boy, what an invitation. You have the same invitation, my friends. So do I. God has given us an opportunity that whenever we pray, he will meet with us. We can have a one-on-one, face-to-face with God and talk to him as friend to friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to him face to face on a regular basis. God is still making an offer to you and to me. Let's talk it over. Friend to friend. Well, first of all, you've got to be a friend. Amen? Amen? You have to have that relationship, that one-on-one -on -one relationship with Almighty God through Jesus Christ. And then you can call upon his name every day. Whenever, wherever, however, whatever's going on. And God wants to talk to you as friend to friend. Don't do all the talking in those meetings. Could I recommend? Let your spirit listen in on what his word has to say and what his spirit would say to your heart. But have a chat with God on a regular basis. And all that Moses had to do was show up. He didn't have to beg the Lord. Oh, God, please meet me at the door of the tabernacle. I got some issues. I got some, oh, God, would you please? Didn't have to beg God at all. God told him this. You show up, and I know what's on your heart, and I will meet with you face 
to face. Well, let me ask you a question. Has God changed? Is he a respecter of persons? He loves Moses more than he loves you? No. I believe the invitation is still open. If I present myself before him, it may be at home, it may be in my car, it may be at an altar of prayer, but daily I can have an audience with the King of kings and the Lord of lords and speak to him as a friend face to face because he loves me, he has plans and purposes for my life. And he's able to hear and answer prayer. Would you stand with me, please? Face-to-face -face encounters with the Almighty. Today we learn from Moses' encounter. God wants your attention. He would like to get it through the glory of his presence. But he wants our attention. Don't make him pull his hand back. On one occasion, the people had drifted from God in, in the wilderness, and the Lord pulled his hand back. And as soon as he pulled his hand back, the serpents, the poisonous vipers came in to the camp. See, God's presence was holding them out. But when God pulled his hands back, the serpents came in. Folks, he wants your attention today. If you know, don't know him as Savior, he wants your attention today. He, he wants you to call upon his name and confess your sins and he'll forgive them and give you a clean slate. Write your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life because there is a heaven and there is a hell. And you have a one-on-one -on -one scheduled with God one day. Choose it now through Jesus. Don't draw back from God. Don't make him pull his hands back. The serpents and the sufferings are not worth it. Say yes to him. Don't start off with him and finish in your own strength and your own ability. Don't start making excuses. Well, I'm too busy to follow God. I've got too many things going on. That's a really bad idea. Because the serpents and the sufferings can change your plans. And you'll have plenty of time for God. Respond to his glorious presence and say yes to him. And secondly, desire a deeper walk with God. Nobody else can ask for you. You have to want it. You, wanna, you have to want to get closer to God. Oh, Lord, I wish my husband was closer to God. Well, that's good. Why don't you get closer to God and he'll see what it did in your life. Well, I want my wife to be closer. I want my children. They've got to desire it for themselves as well. Do you desire a closer walk with God than you had yesterday? If not, why not? If you do, be well.
these cards here is the website of the church. And access to all the messages, all the teachings that we share. Could you take a card or two or three or four and point people in the direction? I believe this message needs to be heard by others. Would you be an evangelist? Send them to the trinaghome.com website. Go to the online campus and they can pick out these messages the teachings on Wednesday morning and evening and touch other lives. They may not even be in this area, but you can send it to them. They can tap in. I believe God is wanting to speak to this generation the truths of face-to-face -face with the Almighty. Take some of the cards and be an evangelist this week go with God. I remind you that out in the barn there's some milk and gallons of milk and whatever for you. Go out and be a veggie evangelist out there and take him to some friends or if you need him in the house yourself. Go with God. See you Wednesday.
voice and lift up a prayer.